Christmas is coming. Goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. If you don't have a penny, a halfpenny will do. If you don't have a halfpenny, then may God help you. We don't usually encourage giving directly to people on the streets these days. So that rhyme is perhaps a little bit out. And we don't have many halfpennies. Who's got a halfpenny? May God help all of you. Gordon does. It's only four weeks away. It's only four. And actually, as I wrote that, I went, ah. It's only four weeks away. It's only 28 days to go. Christmas is coming. And it get, I guess it might be the case that the goose is no longer getting fat, but the goose or duck or turkey or whatever your bird or other object of choice is, is probably already dead and in the freezer in some supermarket. It's waiting. We can count the days. We can start opening the door soon. We can burn the candle. We know when it is that we are going to be celebrating the 25th of December. And we will mark the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph would have been able to tell the time was close as they journeyed from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census. They wouldn't have known exactly, just like expectant parents today. Know roughly when the baby's going to come. But it might be a few days, maybe even in some cases a few weeks, either side. This morning, as we start our Advent journey, we should realise that it's not a predefined date that is marked on our calendar that we are waiting for. The word Advent itself doesn't mean waiting, it means coming. And so it's a time of expectancy for the coming of the Lord, not the waiting for the Lord. So, we in this time don't know when that date's going to be. It says the angels in heaven and the sun don't know when that date of coming is going to be, when the sun will return. Christ didn't know when it would be, but did say it would happen. It will come. Our passage tells us it will be like in the days of Noah. 
And those of you that have been in the evening service for about the past five weeks will know something about that journey of Noah because we've been looking at it. And as we've read it through, we've seen in Genesis 6 that Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of the time, and he walked faithfully with God. Nobody else did, but Noah walked faithfully with God. The world was a place of much sin. There was great wickedness. Every inclination of the human heart is said to be evil. But God chose to save Noah from destruction. Now, the people would have seen this great big boat being built. It's not exactly something that could be done in secret. And the people must have wondered about all these animals that were gathering Every type of animal and bird gathering. And perhaps Noah explained the message that he'd received that had told them to build an ark. But the people lived their same lifestyle. They did not change. And as a result... They were destroyed in a flood of judgment. After the family and animals leave the ark, God makes a promise to the people and the animals of the earth. He will not destroy them all again in the flood. And as a sign of the promise, he puts the rainbow in the sky a symbol of hope for all. But even before doing that, even before giving that symbol of hope, before making that promise to every living creature, he says the human heart is still inclined to sin. The flood destroyed much, but it didn't change the heart. Humanity has made many great discoveries since the days of the ark. We've made advances in medicine and healthcare, in engineering and transport, in language and literacy, in textiles and agriculture. Almost every sphere in the world is different. But the heart is still inclined towards sin. The days of today, the days of the first century, the days in the time of Noah are all the same. People have not changed. They frequently behave as if there were no God and do not realize that there will be a judgment. That the people are the same now as before Noah does not mean the day is necessarily right upon us. But it's clear we're going to be living our lives 
with that same lack of expectancy. We need to be ready and expecting. The element of surprise of a thief who comes in the night is certainly present in here, in this parable. The one who comes when no watch is being kept. He chooses that moment to break in. Now that is not the breaking in of seeing a door that's been left open. It's not the breaking in of smashing a window. The word here for breaking in suggests smashing through a mud wall. It's a coming in in a way that you do not expect at all. It's a mode of entry that you wouldn't use. The only people that tend to use this are folk that are doing a ram raid. I know a church in Derby one time that uh, had its safe stolen by smashing through the wall in the vestry. Somebody, it was a 1980s building and the brick wall gave way as somebody smashed through and stole. That is the breaking in, that suddenness, that unexpected way at an unexpected time. While humanity is blissful in its ignorance, it becomes the time of arrival and nothing can be done to stop it. The judgment will come swiftly and for many it will be unanticipated even though the warning is there. There are times that we think no one is watching us. There are times when we think we can carry on as before. There are times when you just go, it doesn't matter. I'll just do that. But there is one who watches. There is always one who knows. And the one who watches is the one who saved Noah from the flood. The one who watches is the one who, despite knowing every inclination of the human heart is evil, put a rainbow in the sky and said, I won't be doing that flood again. The one who watches is the one who sent his own son to be born in Bethlehem, even knowing that as a man with a heart only of love, he would suffer a humiliating, tortuous punishment leading to death. The one who watches is the one who raised Jesus from the dead and offers us life anew. The one who watches is the one who knows when Christ will come again, bringing judgment. And so, as a watched people, we need to be ready for that day, knowing that we have a God who is loving us and longing for us to be with him. 
We do not know when that hour will be. We recognise we are not perfect. But we need to daily repent and seek his ways, living as Jesus showed us. In the chapter of Matthew that follows our passage, in Matthew 25, Jesus again turns to the idea of people being separated in the day of the Lord. In our passage today, one is taken and one is left behind. In Matthew 25, it's sheep and goats. And which one are you? And he says to those that he has chosen, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. God sees and knows all. He loves us but will also judge us with righteousness considering who we are and how we have lived. Are we repentant followers of Jesus, committed to him with every aspect of our life? When he comes again, will, be, will we be found true to our word and taken as his own? Be ready every day you don't know when he will come again. So live your life rightly. Amen.